0: Block talk radio
1: today is october 16th 2009 you are live at the night's awakening
2: you are listening to the nights of awakening on Block talk radio
1: of Awakening, broadcasting live from our corners of the universe to yours. We are your host Knights David and Justin, reaching out to all of you, our brothers and sisters, wherever you may call home. Evening, David.
0: Good afternoon, Justin.
1: How we doing, sir?
0: Man, we're getting cold over here. You yeah, get we're cold, getting
1: cold. I'm, yeah, I'm stuffy. I got a cold. And uh, it certainly doesn't help my singing voice any.
0: Yeah, it's like 51 degrees here.
1: It, uh, yeah, it's been kind of wacky here, too. It like gets hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. Kind of kind of what happens when you live in a desert, or a high desert, sandwiched in between a, the high plains and uh, a, a big mountain range. You kind of get screwed in the middle there, you know? Mm-hmm. So tonight's show, David, we have kind of a, I don't know. I, I don't know what words to use, but but uh, for some, this is going to be a touchy subject. Um, just to be honest with you, uh, for for uh, some of you, you're going to shake your head or nod your head and say, "Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, or I've seen it." Um, but hopefully, all of you uh, by the end of this show will feel empowered. Um, and what we're talking about tonight is uh, domestic violence. Um, we're not just talking about domestic violence uh, versus a child versus a woman. We're also talking about domestic violence that affects everyone, okay? Um, and, and and you know, a lot of folks, David, when they think of domestic violence, they think of people just getting beat up. But sadly, it goes way beyond that. It goes far beyond that. Um, you know, you start getting into things like um, physical trauma, of course, but uh, psychological, mental traumas. Um, and, and, and it really does affect every person around you. Uh, you just don't, maybe, don't realize it. So, um, who's our guest tonight, David?
0: Our guest will be Laura Vanilla. Uh, I'm not sure if that's how she pronounced her last name. She is she is a victim of, of domestic violence, and uh, her story is is on our uh, website at nightsawakening.com. And she has two books out describing her experiences with such, and we're gonna be talking to her about about the stuff she went through and what and what others can do to get out of the situation
1: yeah uh when uh uh I heard her story um a few weeks ago uh it really it really touched me because you know so many times in our lives we think uh we think that we're stuck and we think we're trapped and and uh you know, we got stuff that's happening to us and uh, you know, we think we have no control but she's living proof and you'll meet her here in a few minutes, but she's living proof that you do have power and you do have a way out. So um so with that being said, our uh our hero of the week is uh who, David?
0: Our hero the the week is all the, the survivors of domestic violence and those who who have helped them out of the situation, whether it be a police officers or next door neighbor or relative of the victim, uh whoever whoever aided that person to get out of that situation and the people themselves because it it's a complicated situation when uh if you find yourself financially dependent on someone and they're abusing you, so it can get really messy and it's tangled up a lot in life and it takes a lot of courage to sometimes to get out of that kind of thing it's not It's not as easy as breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend is you know like like you could when you were sixteen it's uh It's different once you get out in in the real world but uh those right. are our heroes
1: those are our heroes and uh this month is uh, uh domestic violence awareness month for those of you who didn't know that october um i just want to throw some stuff at you guys, uh, and uh, you know, just mill it over and 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 see if maybe you've heard this before or not. Uh, again, the the point of our show tonight is, is to empower all of you uh, with knowledge and with the information that you can take with you um, and maybe make a difference in in not only your life but but someone else's. Mm-hmm. So, um, some of these some of these stats that I found, David, really kind of shocked me. I didn't realize it was as bad as. As, uh, as it is, um, you know, one in, four, one in every four women will experience domestic violence in their lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One in four. Okay, that, that's huge. There's like 300 million people in our country alone. You know, uh, over six billion in the world, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and one in every four, okay? Uh, an estimated 1.3 million women are victims of physical assault by an intimate partner each year. Uh, that's boyfriend, husband, you know, whatever. Uh, another interesting, re- interesting fact that, that that kind of turned my head, David, was that uh, only 85% of domestic violence victims are women. So, so that leaves uh, 15% of, uh, of domestic violence, domestic violence victims uh, to be men. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you and I were talking about this
0: oh, a little
1: before the show that uh, a lot of people don't, don't really associate um, violence domestic violence uh, as being towards men um, they always think of it as being towards women and children mm-hmm. now I'm not going to argue that, that, that the vast majority of, of victims are, are female or children um, but, but you know can't ignore the fact too that, that men are also uh, victimized in, in, in almost like the identical kind of ways that we find these other victims
0: um yeah i don't want to take too much of the wind out of Lori's sails but there are so many different kinds of of abuse you know and not all of it is aggressive or uh you know not not masculine but the active type of abuses there right there are passive types of abuse like neglect um and you hear about that sometimes and, and people do it every day they you know, plant their kids in front of the TV and don't think nothing about it. And right. over time, this this just builds up. But, uh, yeah, there's so many different kind of ways that you can um, you know, mistreat someone, especially uh, kids and women, you know. Like you said, seven, what was it, 78%? So 80. by and large, hmm?
1: 85, yeah.
0: 85. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so by and large, you know, most of these things are happening to women and, and children, so. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, and, we'll look into that.
1: Yeah, and we'll get a little deeper into that. You know, um, I have a lot of personal experience with uh, with domestic violence in <clears throat> in all its many forms and fashions. Um, not just personal experience, but but uh, you know, experience through my through my job. Um, you know, there's a few things that really cause a lot of stress in a relationship. Um, Substance abuse is one of them um, money issues is another, and infidelity is probably uh another big one and uh you know given the nature of my of my job um, you know a few years ago uh, I, I would see all three and 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 it was usually disaster you know it's a recipe for disaster um and you know i I just don't know how these um, paramedics and policemen and firemen or social workers walk into these situations every single day. You know, I only had to deal with it, um, you know, a couple times here, a couple times a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here they are walking into these issues every day. So, uh, yeah, again, we salute them because, you know, not only is surviving this kind of situation really hard to do, um, but witnessing this stuff is, is very difficult as well. And, you know, there was a few things I wanted to throw out there about the children, the children who are uh, kind of stuck in the middle. Um, they claim here, and uh, David, can you put, the, put this, uh, that fact sheet on the, in the chat room for people to follow along with me here?
0: I put the, the home page to the fact sheet uh, oh did you, okay. it probably won't work, so they can go there and look fact sheet and then national
1: and witnessing violence between one's parents or caretakers is the strongest risk risk factor of transmitting violent behavior from one generation to the next um, It certainly helps it certainly certainly makes it seem like it's okay um, you know i've got I've got children myself and uh I don't know what they would do if if they seen, you know, the two people that meant most of them in the whole world tearing each other apart. You know, it's got to leave some really horrible, net-lasting effects. Um, They claim here that uh, boys who who witness domestic violence are twice as likely to abuse their own partners and children when they become adults. Um, And 30% to 60% of perpetrators of intimate partner violence also abuse children in the household, so... It's not just you know dad uh, or mom beating up on each other, Um, you know about half the time they're 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 uh, it's spilling off into the children too, you know it becomes an acceptable behavior in the household, and by no stretch of the imagination is it acceptable any time ever, you know, um, I can tell you right now my my wife has gotten me so mad at times where where you just you know it would be. One of those things, you know, cross this line, I dare you. But, you know, you just walk away. <laughs> you just walk away because there are going to be times where people are going to upset us to the point where where, where we. I mean, we're all very capable of doing something horrible. Most of us walk away and say, you know what, I'm not even going to deal with that. I'm going to, you know what I mean, I'm going to go cool off. I'm going to go do whatever. I'm going to leave the house. I'm going to separate myself from the situation. But, uh, you know, if you don't make that decision, if you don't make that decision, something bad could happen. And you can find yourself not only in trouble, but, but you can find yourself seriously hurting somebody that you love.
0: You know what, Justin? Yeah. I've had a cold beer sitting in my refrigerator for three months. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking at that thing, and it hasn't hit anybody yet. Yeah. Well a lot of guys they say, Oh, you know, it wasn't me, it was the alcohol or the drugs I was doing. No, man. That ain't no excuse, dude. Uh if you if you did it, you did it. Own up to it and quit doing it. Blaming uh giving giving the putting the blame on something else beside yourself is, is is no good. You have responsibility for your actions no matter what kind of uh no matter what kind of intoxicant you may be on. It was your decision yeah. to take that intoxicant. So, therefore, you uh, you consented to being under the influence of said drug. So, you wanted to do that.
1: I agree. I, I, I agree. And those people around you who are suffering now because you made that choice. Right. Um, but, again, it's easy for us to sit here and say, uh, I wouldn't do that. There's no way I'd ever do that. Or it's really easy for us to say, hey, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just, you know, break up? Why don't you just, uh, you know, as you said earlier, David, it goes way deeper. The rabbit hole just never ends uh, on a topic like this because it, just, it really does matter on the situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really does depend on, uh, you know, what these people are going through at that moment and, and in that particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so hopefully we can all walk away today and, and, and have learned something. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um you know, these aren't the kind of stories you hear often. Uh these aren't the kind of things that we that we hear about. Um so I think it'd be a nice change of pace to take all this stuff that's bad and and put a good spin on it because look guys, there there is a way out of everything. And we're gonna introduce you to somebody who uh has, has fought pretty hard uh to get away from that. Um so uh, do we want to go to a break, Dave, and bring her in, or do we want to just jump to it or
0: what? Let's jump right to it, man. Okay. Bringing in caller area code 541, you're live. I hope, I hope it's the, the guest, Lori.
2: Hi, this is Lori. Is this Justin there. and hey, David? Lori?
0: Yes, hey, Hey,
2: David. I have a cold, too, so I'm really sorry. If I <laughs> have to turn my head away from the phone. I'm on decongestant and like half a bottle of cough medicine I have a box of tissues here I said I'm not missing the show there's no way (laughs) so I think I've dosed it down as low as it'll go for a little while but I really was coughing a lot today I didn't talk the whole day because there's no way I was going to cancel so (laughs) I love how you guys opened up the show Though it makes it so easy for me
1: well we you know again this isn't a story that we hear often um, because a lot of times this kind of stuff isn't reported you know, no, and no. and and it 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 really is a good thing, um, that you know not only do you have the courage to 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 get yourself through all this and and of course we'll get into that in a little bit, um, but also to have the courage to stand up and say, look, you guys can do it too. You can do it. If I can do it, so can you.
2: I never thought I'd be out here talking about it. Let me tell you right now, I'm very very private and. I've never even told my best friends years ago things about my life that I'm talking about now on my website, but I don't know. It, it's just, I think it's a matter of survival. that just hits you one day. You're either going to live or you're not. And then when you are living and you're kind of, I call it entry mission, you're not exactly being hit, but like you guys had talked about, there's the emotional trauma still, and I still get stalked, but I actually had to learn how to incorporate living a routine life with still having him around even after everything he did to me because Legally, you're just not protected in so many areas. And I found I was giving up my life. I would get up some days and feel like my life was completely washed away. We're talking about 15 years. I give up modeling and acting because the man just wouldn't let me go. And <clears throat> excuse me, it, that was extremely hard for me because that was my life. That was my, my inner salvation, my inner being. That was an escape for me right there from other things in the past. So, you know, psychologically, that was really difficult. I was never going to face that I had to give that up. So basically what I was doing is just from one day to the next, realizing that, my God, you know, I'm getting older, (laughs) a lot older, and I'm still dealing with this guy, and he's preventing me from accomplishing anything in my life, you know. And I was trying so hard to hide it from my son, you know, as it was going on around me. I wasn't going to mention him too much, though, but... um, so that's when I really pushed and I started, you know, I tried to think of anything that I could do, because I was still pretty injured. I have a brain injury, so I think you guys know that. But um, Mm -hmm. I started trying to write a book back in 2001, and it was just a mess, you know. I was just trying to get through it. My son was homesick a lot. I had to homeschool him, so I had to put that on hold. But it really was a mess anyway. (laughs) So I picked up again on that in 2004, and um, there was a publisher interested interested in it, but I just, I wasn't ready to talk about anything, it was just too, too difficult for me, so then when my son got better and went back to school and I think it was 2007, um, I finished it, got it published in 2008, and then there seemed to be a lot of questions about my brain injury, and I just wanted to, you know, get it over, so I wrote a book up on that in three days, and, um, and then I found all my writing, kept turning romance to violence, romance to violence, <laughs> it was like every other page was... You know, something violent. And I thought, this is horrible. I've got to get out of this mode, you know, because Harlequin's never going to accept my writing. But it was just, you know, some days I'd get pounding on my windows, pounding on my door. He actually followed me from the East Coast to every state and every city that I ever went. And it seemed like he was moving in because, I mean, he would drive by in his truck when I would leave one state and go to another at one time he even drove by with a u-haul and smiled at me to show me he had moved there or maybe he was just there for a short period but he just would never talk and you know um, when my son was real little he tried to actually break the door down and I don't know how he got the door open but he always could get in the keyhole and I didn't know how to put up padlocks I was really ignorant you know I wasn't like hardware oriented, so I'd have these chains going from my door up to my bathroom where you have those towel rods that are sealed in there, and he'd be, you know, right. pushing on those, and yeah, and the more I'd call the police, the worse my life would get. He would actually turn around, and he had social services at my door, I mean, we're talking at least three different times, and, um, you know, I mean, my place was fine there, but at one place that I moved to. It wasn't that great because I was taking it so bad from him and his friend trying to break in all the time. I was getting really sick, like the emotional turmoil you were talking about, and my brain was just mm-hmm. turning off and on really badly. And so half the time I could barely get off the floor to even get to the door to call in time to, you know, report them. And then I'd call and they'd say, well, you know, they have to be there. You have to see them. And most of the time the ruckus would be at nighttime. Right. and. Oh, I, I had no legal recourse. And, you know, with a brain injury, half the time I look like a babbling idiot anyway. They couldn't understand what I was saying. And right. um, so at the very beginning, I went into a coma, too, when I had my son. He was in there and attacked me. So at the very beginning, I was completely helpless because I made no sense. And I was so scared he was going to get my baby because he just came out of a drug rehab. And he had a lot of friends, though. I and mean, he had a gun, you know, and it was licensed, <laughs> And he just, and he had a ton of friends, you know, and I had no one and nobody was going to listen to me. So I ran. That was what I did. You know, I mean, I just, I kept going from, you know, state to state and he didn't always find me right away. And, but it was enough for my child to grow up at least away from the drugs that he was in. And, you know, like he states today, I did him a big favor because he is. Oh, he's so great, you know, he's so talented and smart And I always had to second guess if I was doing the right thing But in my situation, the safest thing for me was to just keep moving I mean, it was about every year or two And it would take him a while before he would actually catch up And um, sometimes, enough to be annoying anyway Because he would run out of money, I think But, um, yeah, so so that's what I did And, um, oh, and I would try not to leave the trail <laughs> I mean, I went, through the, I went through the trouble to make sure I didn't leave um, any forwarding addresses with electric companies, phone companies. Um, it really does work. I don't know. might sound paranoid, but when you're in the position and, you know, these guys, some of them, they really know how to get into computers and they have friends' places. And, and he had a lot of friends. He was supposedly an ex-cop. He said, no, I don't know because, I mean, he told me all kinds of things and he was doing drugs. He was smoking pot that was laced with heroin or something. So, I mean, you know, the stories he could have been telling me, obviously, may have not been true, but he just seemed to have connections somehow. Mm-hmm.
0: So
2: right. It was really, really so, difficult for me to get away from him.
0: So and, you know, i so Let's, I'm let's back up, Lori. Let's back up to and let's talk about, you You were talking about you had an inner struggle where mm-hmm. you were second-guessing yourself. Um, my guess is that at some point in time, this episode is going to be heard by a woman who is second-guessing herself or a man. I hope so so much. Um, My guess is that that they're going to be out there and they're going to hear this. What what, what would you say to a woman who thinks, or anybody, I keep saying woman like it's mostly, but it is 85%. What would you say to a person that thinks they may be in an abusive relationship and they have that... Well, is this abusive or is this not? Should I leave? Should I stay? What should I do? Am I doing the right thing?
2: Well, talk to somebody first of all. And if you get a negative response, then talk to somebody else. Because I got negative responses in the past about other situations in my life, and that's why I held everything in because I just didn't want to hear it again. And you do. I mean, I actually was counting the number of times I was hit to try to tell myself, well, that wasn't enough to call, call it, you know, to be a big deal. You know, I just felt I right. didn't fit into any category. And, you know, you get that first hit. It actually takes control away from you. Now, there's a lot of people that will hit once, you know, and we hope that they don't hit again. And maybe that situation's out there. You know, we don't want to think that just because somebody loses their temper once, they're going to do it again. You know, maybe they could get constant or something. But definitely twice, I mean, that's enough. <clears throat> you don't need a third. And, I actually found myself doing that. And if there were years in between, I thought, well, he's, you know, he's not doing anything, you know, so this is good, right? You know. But I mean the thing is it's, you know, after the second time I suggest, you know, that that you even the first time you should talk to somebody to make sure you're okay that it doesn't go any further than that. But um just don't not talk. That's the worst thing you can do because that's what I did. I'm we're talking for years by myself running from this man, because when I would reach out, I'd reach out to the wrong people, and they would just say negative things. Some were guys, um, guy friends of mine. They weren't sympathetic to me, and I guess a lot of guys I was friends with, they had wanted to date me, and they felt scorned, and when I needed them, they weren't there, and, you know, then I got scared people were going to get hurt, because he was really violent. I didn't want to get anybody involved, so I just stopped calling people, but... You you know, even if it's not your friends or your family, there are um, support. Well, the cyberspace makes it easier because I had no way to get in touch with anybody. I was so terrified I wouldn't even answer my phone because he would call and hang up so many times. But I think because we have computers now, even if you have to go to a library, I mean, I searched and found so many different groups and organizations and women out there that are so strong Diane Wentendorf, oh my god I admire this woman tremendously Susan Milano, I love her Um, And she's gone through Similar experiences, worse I feel Than I had, and I didn't think anybody went through Anything worse than me, these women are So empowering, Susan Has done an Oprah CNN. if I could do Half of what she's done, you know I mean, I feel elated Like I I did one show prior to this I felt like I had just done a movie Like I had been rebirthed, and that might Sound funny to somebody else, but I, I felt myself again alive, you know, and it's just reaching out to somebody, you know, um, like I said, even if they're a stranger, a stranger might be better, you know, and, um, you know, I, that that's what I would suggest, um, do just do you talk, if, you have to talk
0: Do you care if Justin and I put in uh, two cents in the hat here on this one? <laughs> um, one time is a big deal, okay, and it's like an iceberg, you know there's a little bit showing above the surface, and then there's a, a big body below that you can't see. If if, if you get hit, um, what you're seeing is the visible part of the iceberg. There's a whole lot of stuff underneath it. Okay, So when he says, okay, okay, or she says, okay, okay, I won't do it again, um, usually they're just trying to suppress that visible part, but they don't ever do the, the, the work required to go underneath and, and, and root out. The underlying reasons why they feel it is acceptable to to be abusive. Um, so, <clears throat> one time is is enough to seek help. And if you find yourself hitting someone else, it, it is your responsibility uh, to go to go find that help for yourself. You say, right. "I have an anger problem. I don't know how to deal with certain things. It comes out in this way, and I don't want to do this again." Uh, I need help not to, and I'm talking about uh talking to a you know a counselor type person but um yeah. you you need to if you're if you're doing this to other people, you need to seek help yourself and if if someone is doing that to you, then you need to make sure that they seek help uh for those underlying problems because if if those are not resolved um sooner or later it will resurface Justin it's is that about right do you man?
1: yeah i you know i I kind of apply it to to just about everything um and, and for example if I'm walking down the street and somebody hits me um even if I don't know that person that's unacceptable to me so why would I allow somebody you know that loves me um or or is close to me or knows me or is related or whatever to hit me as well um you know again i I try not to put too much on it because uh, uh you know it's easy again, it's easy for me to say, "You know get out of there or it's easy for me to say um you know, get help and stuff and i i I think what both of you are saying is very, very good advice um you know i i'm just I'm just kind of looking at it from you know actions speak louder than words, you know um, you know it's uh without getting into too much of it um you know i i know a few people who who have escaped uh, this type of thing um and i don't want to uh, say who or what cuz it might cause some cause some issues but uh, uh you know basically it took them a long time um it took them a long time to just get out and, and it goes to what like you and i were talking about david it's it's more than just the hitting it's um you know many of these people are financially uh, dependent on these people Um, Many people, many times they may not have any family or, um, you know, friends around them to help them because this person has completely cut them off from everybody and everything around them so that, uh, in a sense, the only person that exists is that person that's doing the beating, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I don't know, man. I I think it's a lot easier for me to, to, to say that it is for some of these folks to do. Um, can I
2: say one thing, Susan? Sure. I think sometimes sure. because in my experience I know and I can think back now, I couldn't think of the time. Once you're hit, it's like a drug. It just overtakes you and it holds you until that next hit. It can hold you for a year, it can hold you for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes let's say the man or the woman wants control, you know, and they come down and they, they do it to you again because they can see that you're getting a little bit too strong that's been my experience for what i've seen and with myself it just seems like whoever wants to control you that's kind of how they're doing it and like i said i don't know if the endorphins in our brain just go the wrong way but they seem to do something that maybe too, if there was any prior abuse that's a possibility but you know it's hard to get out that way yeah because it just starts again and you just you know you freeze and you go along with the pattern of it and I, I really fear, you know, more for people like that, because some people, when they hit right away, it's like, don't you dare!" and they're out that door. Right. That's the common response. <laughs> but, you know, a lot, there's a lot of women out there that that's not the response, and that's scary because those are the ones that are in it for years, and we have to figure out why. Why is this, you know? Right. They're Like you said, they're afraid. They're, they're reliant on them. They have children, money. I mean, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even after the years and years of abuse, and they're still there because they have the kids and whatnot, but the hitting has slowed down. You know, maybe this is a time for them to try to do something for themselves to get themselves a little bit stronger. Maybe they subdue the situation enough, and I'm not even saying they should stay there, you know, I mean, but... You know, I don't know. I don't know how to tell these women to get away from those situations. Hopefully, they still won't be with them. But at some point in time, after years and years of giving up their life, that they'll reach out and do something for themselves. Not to give up their entire life and feel like they're too old or they're not good enough anymore, they're not pretty enough. You know, you can always look good and always do things. You know, I mean, God, I right. had no money for for makeup. I was miss Miss Living on Park Avenue, dating stockbrokers, where, you know, doing model shoots with Sonny Barger, shot with Junior Lennon. And then I'm with this man who does drugs, who's on welfare, and I have nothing. You know, so I mean, and I'm thinking, how can I even relate to any of that again? I mean, there's just no way. I mean, I started getting uh, expensive um, trials of anti-aging online. And I know this all sounds um, shallow, possibly, but, you know, it really helped for a woman to look good and feel good, to pull herself out of that rut and you know, as shallow as it might sound. It really helped me a lot. And I found talking to other people that they really, I mean, they look and feel better about themselves and, you know, they're going towards other goals in their life just to, you know, find other ways to get around, making yourself feel good, you know. Right. If you can't go back to college, just take one course, go take a painting class. It just, you know, with me, I had nothing. I mean, no money. Um, I had a pencil and a piece of paper and I wrote, you know, I said, nobody's going to take this away. from This is one thing I have. This is mine,
0: <laughs> you know.
2: Right. And find something, you know. I mean, we had no money growing up anyway, If so I'd play outside, you know, with the rocks. Those are my toys. I mean, we had the dolls right. and stuff, but,
1: you know, we didn't have
2: the expenses. Just, you know, do something for yourself, you know. I mean, even go to the library and go online and try to make friends on there just to give you the... Booze to go out there and do something, you know Dollar Tree has makeup <laughs> You know, anything really to make I'm telling you, a little bit of makeup I took a makeup course I was a licensed makeup artist in Boston A little bit of rouge on your cheeks
0: You know, that that, that doesn't cheek. That doesn't sound shallow at all to me um, Okay. Oh, either <laughs> there, there are no. There are levels to a being You know, we're all made up of uh, You know, physical, mental, spiritual However you want to break it down There's There's parts to your being and uh, a lot, a lot of times, people get down in a rut and and they can't get out. And um, there's a, there's a cliche that says every fool needs a rainbow. That means uh, that means if you have if you have no goal, if you have nothing to look forward to, a lot of times you'll get sunk down in the you know the the mud of depression and despair and and Giant, all that stuff. So something like a uh, get, getting your hair done, your nails done, you know. Uh, that kind of yep. stuff, it, it can definitely yep. uh, change the way you feel enough yep. to where you can think clearly enough to analyze the situation and use those critical thinking skills and make the necessary decisions that you have to make, whereas the haircut made the difference of being able to think clearly or not. I know it sounds weird, but, you know, there's no. there's psychological principles in there. Uh, no, I appreciate sure.
2: that you guys see that. <laughs> you can cut your own hair. I cut my own hair. Get mm-hmm. get the nail polish at the Dollar Tree. I can't push the Dollar Tree enough. And, you know, I, I used to feel so guilty even spending $2 on myself, but I knew in the long run it was going to pull me through emotionally and, and make me a stronger person, and I would get through that next day. And, you know, when you have to face that guy again for whatever reason, um, it's not quite so bad. You can stand up for yourself a little bit. Um, you know, I mentioned on my blog, some women have to deal with these guys, you know, when they come pick up the kids and whatnot. It might have mm-hmm. been emotional abuse that drove them crazy. Right. But if you, you know, um, you know, how can I say it, ammunition. <laughs> you put ammunition on yourself, like you make yourself look good or you know you're doing something that day or the next day or you're working on something. You won't even notice, you know, what he may be trying to do to you or she might be trying to do to you. You know, mm-hmm. they might be trying to bring you down or You know, just uh, say bad things towards you, make you feel badly. You just don't notice that as much. And I guess that's with anything, but, you know, having to deal with that that same person that may have done even worse things to you. And, um, I mean, they can even have, you know, hit you and done horrible things. And legally, I think after they've done whatever they have to do, the court has appointed whatever time they serve or fines or whatever, you still have to deal with these people, which is horrible. Yeah.
1: Sure. I would... I would probably argue that 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 at times is worse than dealing with them while they're abusing you.
2: Oh, you know, God. because
1: there's always you that, that you know, it we never forget, you know. We never forget yeah. anything that happens to us, especially you know, people tend to remember things more when they're either extremely bad or extremely good. Mhm. And, you know, when these things are happening to you, um it 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 certainly does rehash everything. Um that, that you know that that made you feel horrible. Yeah, you can um, live it over and over again. Yeah. Sure, it, even when they're not around, uh, you know. But when they're standing right there oh, and yeah. they're looking at you, it it, it it's got to be yeah. ten times worse. Yeah, I but, have to uh, pop on am scared, yeah. Yeah, but David, it's a lot like it's a lot like um, there are ways to there, there are ways to 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 and I hate to use this word brainwashing, but I'll use it because I can't think of a better word. Mm-hmm. You know, terms yep. like brainwashing, um, re-education, you know, things like that that we've heard throughout history, you know, these things are done through progression, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so your first step is to physically torture or physically um, destroy somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. You f- first you break down the body, okay? Mm-hmm. What, once you stop breaking down the body, then you move in, and now you're going to, you're gonna play good cop, bad cop with them. You're gonna be the destroyer, but now you're gonna come in and now you're gonna save them. Okay.
2: Yes,
1: Munchausen disease.
2: I say that about mine all the time.
1: Oh my God, yes, yes, yes. And you're gonna come in. You're gonna come in. You're gonna save them. Then you're gonna gain their confidence. Okay. Now what you're gonna do from from there? What you're gonna do is you're gonna start to manipulate not with beating them up. You you might a little bit just to keep them in line, okay? But you're going to start doing these things psychologically and mentally, and you're going to start rearranging their life for them. Yeah. And eventually, you know, this this man, woman, or child is going to be your slave, basically, Um, and and, and they're going to feel powerless because, in a sense, you stripped everything away from them. So knowing that, yeah.
0: What would be a person's motivation for wanting to do that to another person? Uh,
1: another rabbit hole that goes a, a million miles deep, Dave. You know, uh, it could be things like it could be things like um, you know, for some reason they feel like they need to control somebody to the point where where they are God in a sense, and that nothing happens to that person or nothing is given to that person unless they say so. Um, you know for whatever reason and, and and again that could go on forever we can try to speculate you know i think it just depends on what the person has had happen to them in their life you know
0: would you would you yeah. say fear fear insecurity and feelings of inadequacy would make I would say to th- do
1: that? I I'd say those are probably the three big ones yeah okay. all rolled up in a neatly little package that that really screws you up and causes you to 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 do these things to other people you know um what these folks are doing, David and Lori. They're not... And, and, and honestly, many of them may not be doing it on purpose at first, or, or or they may not even know they're doing it. But in a sense, they're they're simply trying to, uh, you know, get this person so submissive that, that they are going to look to no one else but them for everything.
2: They just see that and they that, want
1: their way. Yeah. Right. Right. So... You know, I mean, the hitting thing is obvious, right, David? I mean, if someone's hitting on you, it's obvious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, somebody's beating on you. You know, somebody's hitting you or, or or throwing stuff at you. Or, but there's some other warnings. You know, there's some other things that that go on here that that, that maybe we can tell people about um, that, that aren't so obvious.
2: Yeah, I didn't um, have that right off.
1: Right. It was more like it was more like you're worthless without yeah. me. Um, you know, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. Control, yeah. Yeah. He didn't even say anything to me. It's just weird, but I'll go ahead. So, Lori, maybe you can take us uh, through some of these things, you know, looking back now, some of these things that uh, um, weren't so obvious to you, but now maybe are are more obvious. Maybe you can take us through some of these things so folks can know uh, what other things to look for rather than hitting.
2: Sure. Um, My situation was a little different, though. I had already had a mild brain injury, and I was a little out of it, um, and... I guess my over humbleness or my insecurities or my helpless look on my face is is what got me into trouble. Um, I noticed after my my mild injury that you know, the guys that I used to date they felt like they were taking advantage of me because I just wasn't in the right state of mind at that time and the guys that were coming towards me were the bad guys. So I just stopped dating altogether and this man who moved in on me, I really didn't have any control over it, and I could feel that things were wrong. He just kept showing up at the wrong place. He was being very pushy. Um, he would actually barge in between people that I would be with and try to take over conversation, try to just move into my life everywhere I went. And I had been going to the police because I knew something was wrong in my life. I just could feel, I don't, I don't know, think, I could feel like I was being followed. I I felt like someone had been um, around where they shouldn't be, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And then this man just moved on me and just completely took control of me in ways that were so humiliating because I had a brain injury. I really couldn't push him away in the way that he wanted me. And, And so I was just his, and he made me his. And I was so shocked from the treatment of what he did to me to get me just, just kind of taking me in physically. Um, and I'm assuming other women weren't injured like me. So, I mean, they're probably as strong enough to, if somebody's pushing themselves on you in the first place, just walk away. I mean, you don't need anybody that bad, first of all. I mean, I walked away at least three or four times and he just kept following me. Like I said, I got so tired because he would talk so fast around me in circles that my, my brain would turn off. And then the next thing you know, you know, he's, you know, next to me physically, and then next to me physically more than I want, and then next thing I'm his girlfriend, and sadly to say, I couldn't fight any of it, because my brain would turn off so much. I think I was so scared and shocked that it would just freeze, and and half the time I wasn't even there, I was just kind of in another world, because that's what my brain would do, wouldn't I, really? And so he took advantage of that, (laughs) where other guys wouldn't, he did, so I would say just as soon as you feel uncomfortable, leave. You don't need anybody in your life like that. Believe me, you don't, because it's so much worse. I'm so much better with a man not in my life after everything I've been through. And I'm not saying I don't welcome a nice guy. I would love for that day to come, but I am so much better off. No, I no, you. Is that answering it okay? Is yeah. sure. <laughs> so that gets clear enough? Okay.
0: Lori, in, in your book, in your book, uh, my brain injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would I be right in saying you didn't just receive a brain injury in a car wreck or nothing like that? This was done to you.
2: Well, I um, I had a routine surgical procedure in
0: 1990,
2: and the, oh, anest- okay. the anesthesiologist was a resident. He lied and said he was the chief, and it was too late. He already had me strapped down. I don't know if it's a sedative, but he gave me something through my arm, and he didn't check the pressure on the um, the the uh, the thing on the wall, the mask that they put on your face. The nurse told him to check it. He said, oh, no, it's fine. The pressure was way too high, so it blasted me away. And I I was, I couldn't talk and tell him because he just did everything so fast, and the doctor wasn't in there. So I had a very mild, mild brain injury, and it does show up in an EEG. But, so I was kind of lapsed a days ago, and, you know, I worked a lot in New York, though, after that I did the most acting. Mm -hmm. You know, that I had ever done Because all my inhibitions were gone You know, I was just happy and free (laughs) But unfortunately I had to go back home And that kind of Had seemed to be where my problems stemmed from And he, this guy Had been stalking me apparently He knew me through somebody And I had no idea Until he actually got up to my face And um, that's when he got a hold of me And he wasn't going to let me go back to New York And he didn't let me go back And I wanted to just to get home, take care of things that I had to take care of medically, and get right back out there, because I was doing really good. I mean, I had people that were sending me out for a lot of extra work, and I, I just, you know, people were really being responded, uh, responsive to me. So I never planned on having you know, someone do that to me. And when I wake up on Sundays through the 15 years of it all, or maybe more, you get horrified and shocked. You can't believe that your life's been taken away from you like that. And, you know, because I had a child that helped a little bit, but you know, t- when my brain started clearing up even a little bit more, because my son went back to school to give my brain a chance to really heal a bit. It's kind of hard when I have to think all the time. Um, you know, I started to be able to work on myself, and I. Set- if I look back now, I'm just not going to ever do anything with my life, and the pain's going to be too much. So, um, oh, you wanted me to get into the fact about the how I got permanently bleeding. Should I apologize, See, I skipped over that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what happened? This guy. What happened is I got beat up. Uh, him mm-hmm. and a friend. They they beat me up. He wouldn't let me leave the building. Um, I got hit really hard on the head. I heard my skull crack. I got pushed down a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. I guess they found that I was pregnant. And then I got hit in the face. Um, I didn't go to the hospital, but um, there were arrests and restraining orders and stuff like that. And it didn't go through because I didn't get the slip on the door, apparently. And the victim's advocate didn't call me so Nobody went to jail for that, which made my life even worse because that's why they followed me because they weren't scared. But he came into the hospital right after I had my son, and he actually attacked me. I was already in a light coma because my body just couldn't handle having a baby. And medically, they didn't treat me properly for a brain injury. They tried to force me. To deliver on Pitocin and my brain wasn't sending the signals to my body to dilate so it was they were killing me and the baby. My baby had to be resuscitated so I had really bad medical care to begin with. I don't know how he got in there but they wheeled me to some back corner to keep me safe or something I had been complaining to the police so many times and they didn't do me any favors because he got in there. He actually he was threatening me, scaring me. I know whatever he did it hurt a lot when he put his hands on me he ripped um, all the IVs out of me And I guess it was medicines to keep me going. And it was long enough to send me into a deep coma. So I was in a deep coma for about six hours. And they had a priest come in and they figured I was dead um, because my vital signs were so low and I had a brain injury, but I really wasn't. So they just unplugged me and um, they had a specialist come in and try to pull me out. Um, It's very, very painful. But they tried to do everything they could. And I, I did, I did. I bounced up out of nowhere, and I was blue, and the nurse was surprised, and um, I made it through. But because of it, I have a permanent brain injury now, and you're just not the same after all that. You can't be hit in the head when you already have a brain injury and then go into a coma for six hours. I mean, you're going to lose more oxygen. So it's just, um, you know, it it was infallible that I was going to go through. So that's how I got the brain injury. (laughs) Okay.
1: Hey, uh, before we uh, uh, get any further, David, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, some of these other uh, signs. Um
0: oh, sure, yeah.
1: You know, we were talking about why do, why do people do this kind of thing. I, I would think for the most part something inside them, you know, makes them feel like they need to have absolute power control over this person or group of people or whatever. Okay? Okay. Um, we talked about the economic uh, side of it. Um, you know, I've seen this stuff firsthand. Um, and Lori, you can you can chime in if you uh, if you you know if you want to um, okay. uh, preventing preventing your partner from getting a job or keeping a job. Um, I I had next door neighbors just recently um, where the the wife would uh, get a job because the husband didn't want to work and he was demanding you know, that she make money and as soon as she'd get a job he would start calling there and start causing problems and she'd get fired and this happened probably 15 times in the, in the span of one mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. uh, here's another one David um, that, that kind of goes along with that control and that, that, that uh, re-education piece that we were talking about Teaching your partner to ask for money. Always ask for money. Never let never let him or her have any money of their own. But they have to come to you and ask for it all the time. Oh my gosh. Right. Okay. Mm. Um. Giving that person an allowance. Okay. Oh, my I can tell you right now. If I if I told my wife she had she, that, that she had an allowance <laughs> to follow, she would. Just, all she okay, would do is start get... laughing at me. She'd just start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Because, you know, if anything, I'm the one who has the allowance, but, but that's because I'm horrible with money. <laughs> You're a good you know, guy, that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm horrible with money. I, you know, I'd <laughs> rather have her hold on to it. But, but, but yeah. you know, these are these little things that, that go into um, keeping somebody in check,
0: right.
1: okay? We live in a world made out of money. You can't do anything a lot of times without money, um, you know. So that's one thing. <laughs> Any thoughts on that, David?
0: I was coughing. What did you say? You're fired. Yeah,
2: no. <laughs> you know, he was just talking about how the control of like putting somebody on an allowance,
1: you know, and you know, putting someone on an allowance.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, making them ask for money, things like that, David. That kind of goes along with the you know part of the economic piece. Do You have any comments about that stuff? Uh,
0: not not in particular. I know that okay. it's 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 a really bad situation when a, when a woman finds herself out in a in a cold, strange world where nobody cares about them and they are financially dependent upon a male and um, they have they have nowhere to move to. They, they're they looking at being homeless. They have uh, possibly kids that were formed within the relationship and they know that they have to be accountable to the courts as to being a, a fit parent, you know. the If, right. if it goes to court, right. the guy's going to say, well, oh, she don't even have a house, you know. Well, mm-hmm. well, that takes us,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. That takes us into our next one. That's a big one, David. It's using children. Mhm. So like many, yes. I mean, and, and 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 guys, just just to be fair out there, this is this is you know this happens to both men and women, and and and,
0: mm-hmm. and these check. little
1: things, these little things are really powerful when mm-hmm. when you mix them with, uh, you know, the physical and emotional abuse. Okay, so so telling uh. Making somebody feel guilty uh, about the children, using the children as a guilt trip, you know, um, using the children as little messengers, you know, so you're going to fight through your children, you're going to give them a message and tell them that, you know, go upstairs, tell your mother I said this and this and this, you know, um, That's that really I mean, how plays a role. But... Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, Lori was Laurie
0: was very fortunate and. In... Uh, she mentioned that he tried to take the kid. Uh, did he ever go, try to go through the courts to, to get the kid? Oh, no.
2: He <laughs> has such a bad record between drug use, and he was running from four different child support payments already, or mm-hmm. maybe one.
0: So he, um, he had
2: three other kids that she supposed was going after him, too. But, no, he would just make the babies and not mm-hmm. pay for them. So he had a really bad track record. He couldn't do anything legally, so he tried to do everything illegally.
0: But they will try. You know?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah So he figured he'd just take him Because I think possession is something If you have the child on you You know He probably could have done something that way So he had figured he just grabbed him And went with him Yeah But his name wasn't on the birth certificate But I mean I'm sure there was something That he would have been able to do If he could have grabbed him And I really wanted him involved I didn't remember half the things That he did anyway You know I mean I was just like I I, I thought if something happened to me I wanted him His name on the birth certificate And I really wanted to make it work Um Mm -hmm. Even after everything, I'm still willing to make it work. But he, I don't know. I just couldn't reach him. it was like he was this crazy person or something. You know, he would just drive by me and not talk to me. And, and I thought, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, I mean, even when I was running in my, my brain injury, I talk about. It, I mean, I ran. I even camped for a year with a three-year-old. Okay, I mean, oh, things were that bad. Yeah. Well, he. I was living in a really bad place where they were doing drugs, and he was across the street all the time. And he was just always around and. I knew I had to get me and my child out of there because it just seems like he'd move in where I was and he was the man and everybody liked him and, you know, maybe the drug use got worse then because we could smell it going up the stairs. But So I just got him out of there and we started camping and whatnot and he would follow me to the campgrounds and I'd look up my window and he would be there by the trees, messing around, I don't know what he was doing down there, planting things or something, and I would just see him, you know, in, in weird places. I'd go to another state or another city, and I'm not kidding you, I'd see him right there, and he would never talk to me. Yet, you know, we would lay down at nighttime to sleep, and you'd hear smashing on your windows, smashing on your door, and <clears throat> I think now he was trying to drive me to go back home, because he has so much pull there, and that's what made me leave. I was being hurt so bad, there. that's where I got really beat up, and he got into the hospital i don't know how he got in there and didn't even get arrested for it you know of course i i couldn't put two and two together right after for a while but so i i would no plans of going back there <laughs> but we're talking let's see he started following me my son was about one we're talking now about 13 years i haven't seen him recently but i have seen him here where i live
0: so so in your driving in your home state, where all your oh yeah, he come. still
2: drives around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're talking. He's all the way from the East Coast, though. But and I, I came from California. You know, like i walked around the different states, and, and I've seen him here too. So, w-
0: would you have had any resources, any any uh, uh, lines of uh, to get help if you had went back home? No. Would Would it have been better? Uh,
2: oh God, that no, would have been worse. No, no.
0: Um,
2: I, I didn't have anybody to rely on back there. Really, I mean you know my life was a little strange anyway i mean i had basically left kind of my home plate young and mm-hmm. um kind of distanced myself from a lot of people because i wanted to get away from you know situations back there that you know were just uncomfortable too painful i had some things happen back there and so i wanted to just start a whole new life and so i cut everyone off when things went down and went bad in me in new york and So even if you go back and you rekindle these things, you're just, you're not the same people. You're not as close. You don't feel comfortable just moving in on people that don't really know you that well anymore. And these problems were just so much bigger than I felt anybody could handle. And I think that was what my problem was, is that I felt that it was too big for anyone. I couldn't handle it. Why would I want to put this off on somebody else? You know, I mean, I knew what this man was capable of. And, um even beforehand, you know, like I said, things were strange until he actually moved in. I was just really scared and weird things were happening and I just, you know, I just didn't want to get anyone involved. I always had this weird feeling about, oh, if something happened to somebody, I'd feel bad and I'm sure it was things in the past, you know. But no, I felt like I had no one. Um, I'm trying to think if I did call. Uh, Like I said, I just called a few old friends and I didn't get good responses, so I just felt that I was on my own. I think because I had a child, and I had a brain injury, and I didn't want to lose that child. I mean, I was really afraid, because I would, I did call, make a couple phone calls, and like I said, things would get worse for me, and I'm not trying to discourage somebody, but things would get worse for me, because it would seem like the situation would turned around on me, and I was the bad person, and I, it seemed like I was trying to explain myself. And I thought, God, this is cruel, you know. I mean, not only am I injured, and you're trying to keep your head straight, you know, physically and emotionally, because, I mean, I had a real bad head. And, um, you know, I knew I could take care of my child and certainly better. I mean, I had to double think whether or not it was better for him to go somewhere else. Would he be safer um, to go with his father? And I really rethought about that. And I couldn't help but saying no at the end, so many different things in my mind, but um, I knew that I loved him, you know, I knew that I loved that child more than anybody else could love him, and even if I might have a hard time getting across that floor some days, you know, I did it for him, and I did what I had to do for him, you know, so, know. Um, make a long story short, what was the initial, I'm sorry. No, it's the
1: okay, initial... I think you covered it, I think you covered oh, it,
0: good.
1: and that brings us into our next one, you know, the minim- <laughs> minimizing, denying, and blaming, you know, you just talked about that a little bit, you know, Yeah hey, it's no big deal i you know I only slapped you this time. I didn't punch you, you know, minimizing the the you know what they're doing um and then and then either flat out denying it or 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 turning it all around. I hit you because you made me hit you you made me do this okay it's your fault and and you just kind of touched on that that's a huge that that's a huge piece of it um you know uh when people generally people are good people deep down they don't want to do wrong by anybody so if they feel like they're doing something wrong um and if they feel like they're you know they may be the ones getting smacked around or or uh, yelled at or screamed at or whatever um if they feel like they're to blame it, it, you're just going to tighten that grip even further on them because now they would now, now they want to try to make it right now they want to try to do good by you you know um and you kind of touched on that um, Another one, David is, is, is one that I think we talked about uh, Before the show was isolation You know uh, Controlling what, what the person does Who the person sees um, yeah. You know Who the person talks to What they're allowed to read What they're allowed to watch on TV um, Watching everything they do Outside of the home um, You know and, and the big one, David Big one. Back back to the emotional part of it, using jealousy as a tool to to further that blame. Right.
2: You're talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. You're looking at somebody.
1: Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I tried I, to date a little
2: bit. I had that. Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry. I'm gonna hit you because uh, you made me jealous. <laughs> you know, statements yeah. like that. It, it really does have a big impact, right?
0: Not on me. I would say you got a problem if you're jealous.
1: Well, again, yeah. it goes back to, you know, it goes back to the situation. You know, I, I've i probably, you know, in, in my course of my job, I've probably been witness to or been involved in, um, you know, 50 or 60 domestic violence uh, issues with, with different wow. couples and different people. And every single one of those were different. They, you know, of course you had the, the hitting, the yelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it was sexual abuse was involved. But but for the most part, every one of them were different based on what the person was saying or what the person was doing or what caused it, you know.
0: The thing that that disturbs me most about saying something like, you made me do this to you, um, you you remember a few weeks back we talked about uh, some training that you received? Yeah. Um, That kind of statement sets that person up. It splits them into two different interests. Uh-huh. One of the one of the interests was the the part of themselves that that violated some some crime, and the the, the other part of their self is part of them that has your interest at stake. Right. So so you have divided them, and you've automatically got half of them on your side. They're outnumbered two to one already, uh, and that right. is that is manipulation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the subtle. It's one of the subtle things that that, that really helps you um, grab hold of someone, uh, and 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 it, it's it's really tough, David, and Lori, because you don't even see it coming. It just you know they're doing it, and you don't even see it coming. That manipulation is usually very very subtle um, to mm-hmm. the person involved because they've already gone through these different steps. Okay. You should you've feel something been... though. I think unless you've already
2: been through abuse and and that's coming could already be there. But right. you should feel something. Or um, I mean, I knew I knew what was happening. I just couldn't stop it. But I'm well, hold on my <coughs> I can't believe I'm holding out this long. But yeah, I think it's probably different with everybody. You know, it's it's probably a. a I, it probably starts different with everyone. Some know, some don't. Some, you know, they they're ignoring it because, like I said, they that's the only way they know how to deal with things. So maybe, I don't know if that means something, you know, the different reasons why people end up in those situations. I don't know if it's something we could ever look at and, you know, try to attack and try to limit this, but I don't know. That's something to look at, you know. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you have one person that's trying to control another. So if you're Yeah, that's why you're,
2: we're you're reacting
0: in a
2: to it different
0: ones, yeah. If you're in a relationship and there's a battle of wheels to where, you have, you have a, a a will to go one way, and they have a will to go another way, and and you're bumping heads, um, and one person is significantly stronger than the other, and just totally dominates them against their will. Yeah. Uh, that would be uh, that would be your clue right there that you're getting ran over.
2: If you've been hit before too, you're afraid because you can feel that power coming from that person too. And it's much mm-hmm. easier, I think, to take somebody who's been abused before. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to go down that road again. You don't want to make a bumpy path for yourself. You're thinking, hey, it's better. You know, I I can think of some instances you asked me, and this is a, um, a perfect response for, you know, what I would do. Um, I was having a little bit of pain getting away from him one time before it got really bad. And you know what? I would have taken that pain any day now and left. It would have saved me 15 years. And I know I have my son. I'll, I'll never regret that. But... 15 years of pain, I would Have pushed, if you can get Away, even if it's a little pain, just Go, <laughs> because I right. Didn't want any more, yeah, and, uh, and Yes, if I could change something, that's what I would have changed I thought it would so, go away, stop, eventually I'd be able to get Away from them
1: So Lori, it seems to Me, um, with all these situations That I've been involved in, that I've seen And that I've read and heard about And and, and even looking at your story what? It seems like the hardest part uh of these situations is that moment that you decide to go. That moment you finally decide to break away. Um, yeah. you know, can you can you uh kind of kind of give us uh uh you know, some insight on uh what that moment was like for you when when you finally what? just had enough and you finally found the courage to break away? My
2: son. I did it for my son. I probably wouldn't have uh, you know I wouldn't have had the strength if it wasn't for him. And I feel bad. He he was actually in the middle of it and completely involved. And, you know, I, I think of every day, how could I, you know, have done this to him? There must have been some way I could have gotten away. And
0: <coughs>
2: But then that saying you're regretting having him, and, you know, obviously I don't. But, you know, yeah. I had him in a horrible situation. But my son, looking at him and him and his friends, uh, the abuser and his friends were moving in on me um, very quickly, the atmosphere around me was changing very badly and they're bad people he deals with and and you know i i could see my my very small child then and i I knew he was in danger so i ran i ran with him and i knew i I had to think i thought for about two minutes maybe three and i knew i was making i had no idea where i was going (laughs) i left everything got rid of everything And, and it's you just know, you know at that point, you've either had enough, you know, it just hits you one day, or you're doing it for somebody else. I didn't have any respect for myself, so I mean, it would have had to have been my son, you know, I mean, I felt I actually deserved some of it, you know, but um, my son didn't deserve any of that, so that's what helped me, you know, I just, it it just hits you, you know, (laughs) either you've had enough, you know, or you're You know, your children, really,
0: you do it for them. Hey, Lori, what what would you say to the people out there that might be inclined to look at women that are in abusive relationships and say, ah, you know those women are just attracted to bad guys, you know? Oh, I
2: know I've gotten
0: that. They go after the the trouble.
2: Problem, Lori, another problem. Here she is.
0: What, what would you say to those people? That yeah, I don't are talk they,
2: to them anymore. <laughs> are, are they
0: right? No, right? you go
2: to somebody else and you talk to somebody who gives you <laughs> positive feedback because you're not going to get away if you don't, and you're not going to solve your problems that way. Really? You know, you need you need positive feedback. And if you don't find it the first time or the tenth time, it's, you know. and I realize you're so afraid to get this information out there, it's going to get back to him. So, you know, you do want to try to go to reputable you know, people, um, sometimes, you know, there's private people out there that have these these groups and organizations, you know, that have gone through it themselves. And like I mentioned, Susan Milano and Diane Wettendorf, they're on my site, you know, at com. And if you contact these people, I've had Diane tell me, if you ever need me, and I can't tell you what that makes me feel like. I mean, she has done so much research on domestic violence, and she has fought... Susan Milano has fought, you know, for people. If you know there's good people out there and they have great track records, go to these people, you know, because if you've only got that one or two phone calls or that one or two chances and you don't want to go around and tell everybody and it gets back to this man because you're so scared you're going to get beat up again. I mean, I was really scared who to tell because I didn't know when it was going to come back to me after a while. So, you know, go to these really reputable, even private type of situations because they are out there. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so tell us tell us about your books right quick. Throw some uh throw some plugs oh, sure. out for your work there.
2: Uh, which one? My brain injury or tall my
0: Father's? Uh okay. start at the top. Just just give us a brief uh brief teaser okay. Make us want to buy the books and then and then kinda uh,
2: okay. well, kind well,
0: hint you around that? at that third work you uh-huh. got you got coming on the domestic abuse trilogy.
2: Well they'll probably like my brain injury better because my brain injury I it's <clears> it's um non fiction and I really I did it once and I didn't look back because I, I I talk about very embarrassing moments in there, but I just, it was another one of my breaking out experiences and I felt that if I was going to live through it, because I knew I was really sick and weak from being hurt so bad and some days would be better than worse. And believe it or not, just from breaking out and talking about every single thing, I mean physically I feel stronger and like I can do more. Um, so the migraine injury basically, it goes from, it goes from the injury all the way through. It, it tells how I got it. I do talk about the, you know, the domestic violence part of how I got it. But I, I talk about how I felt, how, you know, the uh, the unfairness of um, being injured and having people look at you and judge you and, you know, say horrible things and, and you're treated like sometimes, you know, a basket case. And it's just, you know, it's kind of torture on top of torture. You know, there's no... Um, justice sometimes, you know, and and sometimes, you know, you just got to get it out, you know, Mm -hmm. and and so I got it out, I put it down exactly how I felt, but at the end, I told how, you know, I found myself, Hey, you know, if people aren't going to like me for who I am today because I'm too injured or I have too many problems following me or I did this wrong or that wrong, you know what, in my my isolation, I found myself and I found a way to like (laughs) myself, Because I wasn't the same, obviously. After I'm brain injured, you know, I have things that go off in my head, and I get lost in conversations, and I <laughs> lose blocks of information, and the words that come out of my mouth don't always match what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I don't, I don't look like a pretty picture in that way anymore. But um, I learned to reverse and love myself all over again. So that's how that's a happy thing. And to all my fathers, that really was just a collaboration of a lot of things I had to get out. And put down on paper, and I was actually going through the abuses. I was writing, and I was darned if I wasn't going to get it done. So, you know, you've got one good line in the middle and another line that sounded horrible. So what I did is I just went right into it. And as he was doing things, I'd fit it into a story and kind of make a dragon with wings, so to speak, where I had to make it fiction because there was too much intensity. And so I kind of entwined my whole road of abuse in that book into kind of a fictional thing but i've been told it's really good it's very intense i've been told some people couldn't handle reading it um it it does i didn't i don't hold back when i write you know Mm -hmm. my because of my brain injury i was kind of cheating in a way writing you know my next book is more artsy it is more um i don't have very many good days to write when i do i just go at it and i do really really well and um you know my friend nat my best friend she is um She's listening to the show, and i um she really encouraged me big time and she 's an avid reader of very good authors and she really likes this last book so I'm actually starting to write like a normal writer and not just you know mm-hmm. bringing in everything in my life, which what i is what I had done the first two books but if you can handle intensity, like I said, my brain injury it, it's it can be a little um sensitive, but the end is happy. And to all my father's it's very tense all the way through, okay. so I'll be honest
0: with you. <laughs> and and the book uh, you ha- the book you have coming up, you're still working on it? Yeah, right?
2: the virtuous woman. Yeah, my publish is great, mm-hmm. you know. They took one, two, and it seems like they'll take anything I write, so I'm really happy that I kind okay. of was going to try like a Harlequin or a random house because it's really kind of I actually have some passionate in there. But once again it's it's kind of twisted passionate it's there's always gotta be something a little bit going on in the background. But it's I'm really kinda of surprised at how well it's coming out. But I am gonna try a little bit more of a a publisher where I can get a little bit more media. But um I'm I'm happy where I'm at, you know. I finished them, they're out there. Um, you know, I actually got through one book, which is a miracle, so um I'm I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased about that. You know, and now I'm out here and I'm doing this and never, ever thought I would do anything like this, you know. I would love to even you know, even if it was once a week, come in and help, you know, co-host a domestic violence, you know, somewhere and, mm-hmm. you know, try to look up new information and new things to add to it. Maybe sometimes if someone's afraid, you know, they'll, they'll call in privately and we could help them or some place.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: that would be another thing I'd like to do, you know, reach
0: mm-hmm. out, have something,
2: but that's where I'm at right now.
0: Okay. We are yeah. going to a, a little three- to five-minute break here. Um, okay. you are more than welcome to stay along and, and continue chatting with us, or you can you can bail out if, uh, if you still exhausted. Yeah, I'm going to have to go pick
2: up my son. What time is it right now? Anyhow, I'm on the phone. That's the time the clock I was uh, using it's 11,
0: here. It's 11.13 my time zone. Oh, East okay, so that would be
2: 8.13 my time. Yeah, I think I'm going to go pick up my son, and I don't want to start coughing on you. And right. um, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this. I hope I was able to, you know, give some some good you know feedback and on my life and maybe you know some kind of spiritual well, it's uplifting it's, out there it's not
0: <laughs> a it's not a pleasant thing people people do not want to think about this they would rather pretend that it doesn't happen but um, there are some parts of this world that that is not nice that is not that is not uh pleasant to uh, think about and uh, that's what raising awareness uh, for, for this kind of stuff is all about, to, to get people to realize that some people's world is in shambles because of uh, things that people that should be loving them does to them. So right. uh, we enjoyed having own, and, uh, we you on. So thank you so much. Out. We yeah, do. And good and luck to, to, you.
2: to you. Oh, thank you. All right, <laughs> thanks, David. Thank you, Justin.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and, bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you
0: all done? Okay, go You're listening to The Knights of Awakening here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it doesn't matter where you hear this <clears throat> podcast being played. It was originally recorded at Blog Talk Radio <clears throat> by The Knights of Awakening. Uh, you can catch our our website at KnightsOfAwakening.com. We have a forum there. We try to keep things current. Uh, we list our upcoming shows there and all of our past shows. So if there's a guest that you would like to check out, we have an archive there where you can check it out, we'll be back in five minutes
1: You, you are, are listening, listening to, to the Knights of Awakening, awakening. David, uh, I rehired him just a second ago Because really <laughs> You don't want to just sit here and listen to me all night long So uh, Take David, it
0: away Take David, it away, Jeff David,
1: David, you're lucky they love you out there Oh, yeah <laughs> We know We know who their favorite is <laughs> So tonight we're talking about domestic violence um, And, you know, again, guys This isn't just your typical beating people up. It's not just your typical uh, man uh, versus woman. This this affects everyone. This topic is kind of a horrible thing to talk about, but, but it's not something we need to hide from. It's something that we need to get out there. We need to in- empower people to understand, uh, you know, a few things about this. Number one, what is it? How to find it? How to look at it? You know, how, how do you know when when enough is enough? Um, you know, um, what kinds of things can we do about it, and how can we help people through this? Um, you know, and, and, and honestly, these questions kind of, David, raise several other little questions um, that all are, you know, just as powerful. Um, so we just spent uh, spent uh, the first hour speaking with a uh, uh, domestic violence survivor. Um, and, you know, David, it seemed uh, it seemed like she's still kind of, uh, in a way, dealing with this guy, even after 15 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a scar, uh, if not an active situation. Uh, we we never got into. She said she hadn't seen him in a while, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that. You know, like she said, this stuff replays in your head. Uh, she can't she can't escape that prison that he's put her in because uh, because of the fear.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it, which, which, which just you know, again, shows that this goes much deeper, you know. Um, so we talked about some of these little subtle things, David, uh, that that go along with this with this cycle of abuse. Um, and again, guys, this, this, uh, and I keep saying this, but but this isn't just uh, you know for ladies. No. Men deal with this type of thing too, and of course whether it's men or women, children are are ultimately caught in the middle of this kind of thing. Um, you know. So, uh the first thing we talked about David was was the economic abuse, okay? Um, you know, things like preventing them from getting a job or keeping a job, um making them ask for money, making them beg for money. Mm-hmm. Um as if, you know, you're the only source of uh you know. Oh,
0: and it gets it gets worse than that, man. I mean.
1: Oh, oh it does.
0: Uh, what are some the other things you camp say? the prostitute situation,
1: yeah you know? yeah, I can get to that mm-hmm. that
0: that is very abusive and they they see they see that as some kind of entrepreneurial you know uh thing where the the women is <clears throat> the women is going out there and hustling trying to make money for herself no it ain't it ain't quite like that sometimes sometimes she's uh she's made to do that by uh by her would be boyfriend or husband,
1: mhm. So how do we uh how do we identify these Let's focus on economic views first. How do we David, how do we identify this in our in our loved ones or friends who may be going through this type of thing? How do we pick up on this? Is, is are, are, are there some things we can look for? Is there some things we can do?
0: Well, the fir- the first thing that would be an indication to me uh that there's an abusive situation is that you catch yourself wondering if there is an abusive situation.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> you know? If if you're sitting there being like, you know, I wonder if he's smacking her around a little bit too hard. You know, that's a no brainer. Right. You
1: right.
0: Know, you're saying, Whoa, you know, you know But that's the obvious around. sign, right? Right. Or I mean, you, know. I,
1: you know, the bruises and broken bones are, are I mean, those are usually the most obvious things to find. Um mm-hmm. but but let's focus on let's focus on each of these little subtle things like like economic um Oh, the economic well. piece of the of the abuse. How do we how do we identify this in a friend or a loved one who may be going through this?
0: Well, there would be telltale signs of someone that's being made to do something against mm-hmm. their will.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: obviously nobody likes to go and beg money to pay their power bill. You know, right. and if it's always the the same person, you gotta you gotta wonder. You know, if uh, if they're not being being told to do this and you know, if they're your friend, uh, you need to talk to them. You know, and find mm-hmm. out, find out the situation, and see if they themselves realize it. You know,
1: you know, we gotta be careful here. Um, I really feel like we gotta be careful because there are some, there are some families out there, and some cultures that that are not abusive, um, that, that where where um, the mom or the dad uh, just flat out does not handle the money they 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 don't wanna handle the money, you know they leave that burden onto the the other partner um so you know I just want to reiterate these things we're telling you guys are aren't, aren't always a telltale sign but but they're things that we should be looking for um these little subtle things the easy things are are, are, are they come easy. We see somebody to come to work with a bruise on their face or whatever either they got in a slobber knocker at a bar or they got beat up by somebody, you know um. You know, and of course there's, you know there's the old cliche, oh, I fell down the stairs, no, if you fell down the stairs you'd have you'd be in a cast or something maybe you know i've I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I've fallen down my stairs a couple of times here at my house, and I've never got a bruise in my eye, you know so yeah. uh but the economic thing you know uh say for example, uh for me if if my daughter was seventeen years old and she had a job, she worked at McDonald's or something, okay, and uh you know, yet she never had any money, um, or nothing to show for it. Um, yet her boyfriend always had nice gold chains and things like this. Does that necessarily mean that he's making her give the money? No, but it could be. It could be one little indication, you know, uh, at the start of something, you know, uh, or it could be that she just, you know, wants to buy the guy all these things. Yes, she's asking me for money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know there. Uh, things like, um, I want to try to use some examples that that I've seen personally, uh, without giving anybody's name away. Uh, so I've got to be kind of careful, so bear with me for a minute.
0: Well, while you're thinking, Justin, I can name a near abusive situation that I was almost in one time. Okay. I was dating, or engaged to be married, actually, to, uh, my high school sweetheart. Been going with this girl for six years, and, uh. She was very controlling, and, you know, I live in a Bible Belt. Her parents went to church. My parents went to church. I went to church with her, so everybody was close-knit. Um, they tried to influence the way I acted and, and thought and all this other stuff, um, and she would, she was all the time telling me, I told you, you know, and, and I would really not like her saying that, which I had a problem with authority at the time, you know mm-hmm. but but uh her telling what me teenager that doesn't really bother me. I told you to do that, I told you to do that, you know. And mm-hmm. every time she would say this to me, I would tell her, "You don't tell me nothing." You know. <laughs> I do what I want right. to do and she never got it. Okay, and this this would be the scenario that we would go through. We would argue about compromise, okay? We'd uh-huh. say, "Okay, it's 50/50. will meet you in the middle." Okay. We we would meet in the middle. And then all of a sudden we were having to meet in the middle again on my half. So <laughs> right. She ended up with 75 <laughs> and I was with 25. And I was like, no, 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 this is no good. This is not compromise anymore. You know? Yeah. And thank goodness I didn't get married. It's of of...
1: Well, okay, you know, an example of the economic thing, okay? Uh, my wife has, has this friend who who just recently moved back home um they would uh be struggling and and, and I'll use the excuse, I'll use the um the one I used before about the job this poor woman had to get 15 or more different jobs okay and she couldn't keep a job not because she was incompetent she was a bright lady she she's a very smart intelligent woman uh she would just find a job um and then and, and then he would call or go down there and, and just you know employers aren't going to put up with that kind of potential violent you know issues in their workplace uh, not because they don't care David but because they have to protect everybody else in the in the workplace as well um, so he'd call and harass her even though he told her to get the job and end up getting her fired and then blame her because she didn't have a job okay and and this cycle would go on and on and on. Uh, you know, and and that's one telltale sign. Um, you know, had I not known anything else about these folks, that that would be enough for me to go, what the hell? That doesn't even make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know how people use children. Um, I mean, that one's, I think that one's maybe less subtle. It, it, it's kind of easy to see if you're close to somebody who has children – who's in the middle of some issues, um, and, and even if they don't talk about those issues, it's, it's very plain to see that the toll um, that it has when somebody uses children against somebody. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, you, have, you have a girlfriend or, or a boyfriend or a friend or whatever um, that's uh, trying to get you to go to such and such place or, 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 you know, get you to go out um, and you haven't been out in a long time. But uh, your partner tells you, oh, go yeah, go ahead. Yeah, see how selfish you are? Uh, the the kids are going to miss you. The kids need you. Um, you're going to go out and have a good time, and you're going to leave the kids here, and and you're going to make them miserable. They're not going to have a good time without you here. That would be one example of somebody using children or even pets. I've seen people use pets this way, David. Um, you know, You know, the family dog or the family cat or whatever. Uh, you know, use them in such a way that, that, that you're making the other person feel guilty so that you can tighten your grip on them, uh, keeping them from going out away from the home. Because when they're away from the home, guess what, David? You have no control over them. They're going to do uh, the opposite of what you want them to do when they're away from home because they don't have you over their shoulder uh, yelling and screaming at them or whatever, right? hmm Can you think of another situation that we can talk about to, to – a warning sign that people might might look for. <clears throat>
0: they come in all shapes and sizes. We have one that's been mentioned in the in the uh, chat room.
1: Uh huh.
0: Actually, here. um. type of relationship. Would it be abuse if I totally liked uh, my wife to make all my decisions and and totally uh, what what we call henpecking? Uh, if, If I liked that kind of thing and I didn't mind it,
1: is it abuse? he's... Hey, David? There you go. David, uh, I hate to break this to you because mm-hmm. you just wasted about five minutes of oxygen, but none of us heard most of what you said. You cut out on us all pretty bad.
0: You cut out on me, buddy.
1: No. No? Look, the rest of us couldn't hear you either. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: That's a stinker. Let me what? see a
1: show of hands in the chat room who can hear me and who can hear, hear David during that time.
0: <laughs> he told me I was fired. I left, man. Set down the phone oh, okay. well, you're hired
1: You're hired again. Okay. But uh yeah, I seen some some good ones uh uh Alicia, um talked about uh you know, if you if uh you leave with the kids, I'm going to kill you. You know, if you you know, people use use kids, they're a very powerful tool because guess what? We're all very very attached to our children. Um I, you know, I don't think there is anything that we wouldn't do for our children, right? we can agree on that.
0: Mhm. Good. All right. They're saying they can hear me now. That's good. I don't know. I don't know where it cut off at, but uh, it was really good material in there. It was probably probably my best Pretty thirty m- seconds of the whole show. I'm glad <laughs> that you guys missed it.
1: Pretty much the whole thing.
0: I was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have
1: to. we we'll, we'll have to we'll have to catch you at another golden moment where you're going to cut out on us. All right. So, so isolation. Um, the isolation is a tactic that that we use pretty commonly, right? I mean, we isolate prisoners from other prisoners. We isolate um, children. I mean, even when we punish our children, we isolate them in, in some ways, right? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. we know it's time out. You're you're in, you're mm-hmm. going down for a time out. You know, you better sit there, be quiet, don't say a word.
0: You, well, you know You
1: don't got yourself in trouble. You're going to sit there for five minutes or whatever. You know, these these are all all things that people. I mean, these are all ways that we use to control people, good or bad. You know, um, an example that I can think of, David, uh, for isolation is is somebody that uh, controls what you wear, controls what you eat, controls what you see, controls what you read, all these types of things. And by doing that, they're they're trying to reeducate you to to be subservient to them.
0: And there's all time, there's all kinds of uh, subtle subtle ways of doing that. Um mm-hmm. when you go to the doctor's office, if you if you're giving the doctor a hard time, they are trained to immediately put you in a robe. And by doing yeah. so that makes you subservient because you yeah. you feel exposed. Now, now you're any, the patient. Yeah. Anybody that is that is keen on manipulating you, they they will use these subtle changes in uh uh, the environment to 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 change, to, ch- to get rid of your momentum, okay? You've built up this, this you know, this mental train, and if they change one little aspect in an environment, then uh, a lot of times if you're not paying attention, that will just totally negate all of that momentum that you built up. Police officers are trained to do this, okay? They will take control of the conversation because they won't control the conversation, They will give you control of the conversation when they want you to have it because they are pulling something out of you. If you're being uh, resistant to what they're wanting, they're going to make you uh, prop on your car, walk a line, do some of this other stuff. And all this is is done in order to uh, have control of of the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you were talking about with the training, about uh, looking away. The floor yeah. I don't know if we covered all that on the show.
1: No, no, I think okay, I think I was freaking you out with it offline.
0: Okay, right, right. <laughs> okay, so let's don't go into that. But anyway, you know, there, there's lots of things that you can do right there on the spot. Kind of like a Jedi mind trick, waving your hand, you know. But yeah, you, you have to you have to move them around, make the make the environment seem different, you know. Whether it's uh, if you're in an argument, right? If you're in an argument and you're arguing with somebody. If you walk away from the argument across the room, okay, that automatically gives the impression if they follow you, for some reason they now feel like they're on your turf just because you yeah. walked across the living room.
1: Right, right. You know,
0: which is right. both of your living room, you know. Or if it's right. outside they walked across the yard, it doesn't matter. But in the mind that seems to translate as you're on my turf now, I have the upper hand. You know, when 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 in reality it was nothing, it was a few steps.
1: Right let me uh let me give you another real life example um Mm -hmm. i hate i hate picking on this couple uh, (laughs) um but 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 uh this guy probably hits every single one of these and and to me it's obvious but but i've been trained to 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 see these things very clearly um whereas you know some people may not pick up on the on the cues but but mostly because i've probably seen this stuff in my own life. growing up, uh, I picked up on these cues, like, um, there would be times, David, where he would make her dress in such a way that she wasn't even fit to be outside, okay, and, 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 and take that for how I said it, because that's exactly how it was, um, he would make her dress this way in front of her son, okay, um, he would, uh, she was allowed to talk to, to my wife, and that was pretty much the only person she was allowed to talk to. She had to ask permission to call her mom or her family. She had to ask permission to leave the house. She had to ask permission uh, to do just about anything. She even had to have permission, David, to discipline her child, discipline her son. So, so what he's doing is he's isolating her from her child uh, and isolating her from everybody else that, that, that he feels uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, um, and it it, it's a very powerful effect because uh, they don't want to get out of line. They don't want to. They don't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. You know, because some severe consequences can happen. Um. So uh, let's talk about uh, intimidation. That's a pretty easy one, right?
0: Oh, you did, Um, huh? What?
1: Intimidation.
0: That's... <laughs> I said you're good at that one. Uh,
1: no, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> intimidation is very, very, very easy thing to to pick up on. Um, we've mm-hmm. all been intimidated in our lives by one thing or another. Let's mm-hmm. go back to the police example. Um, we all have in our heads that, that 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 if the police are stopping us, we kind of freak out. We're intimidated by those red red and blue lights. It's not because they're bad people. It's just because somehow along the way we've picked up this this way of thinking that, oh, crap, I'm being pulled over by the cops, and you get all kind of freaked out a little bit, you know?
0: Most I'm most intimi- people do. I'm intimidated by that tick, 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 tick sound uh, the uh, uh, little electric thing makes when they're getting a hold of you there.
1: Oh, the taser. Oh, oh yeah. 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 The bite's a lot worse than the bark, my friend. Yeah. Trust me on that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was watching. I was watching Cops, man. I think like Alethea
1: can probably vouch for that too. The bite's a lot worse than the bark, even though the bark's kind of kind of scary.
0: I was watching <laughs> Cops, man. It was like this big guy. He had thirty-two inch biceps, man. Big old boy. Been eating cornbread his whole life, you know. And uh, I mean, he had done mopped the floor with like two or three cops, and uh, finally, finally, one of them got the taser out and popped him, <clears throat> and popped him with it, and uh, immediately out of his mouth, "Alright, alright, you got me." He put, mm-hmm. he put he put his own arms around his mouth, but he could he could have taken out a whole football team, man. Yeah, I mean, this was right. just a huge guy, and they popped him and he quit. But anyway, back to the uh, intimidation. There's lots it, of ways of intimidating too, Justin. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. Pers- personal space. You have this imaginary bubble around you, and if I step too close, I don't have to raise my voice, I don't have to look more intimidating in my facial features or nothing. All I have to do is invade your personal space, and I've I've intimidated you.
1: Right, and and, and we talked about that uh, offline uh, with regards to some of that stuff that I was kind of freaking you out about. Oh, Um, my bad, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's a very, very powerful tool to control a situation or to control a person. Um, And and again, the techniques are neither good or bad, um, but in this case of domestic violence, it's it's not being used for a good purpose, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I don't care, even if you're deluded, even if you're, you're just so deluded and mentally uh, screwed up that you think that you're doing that person a favor by isolating them and by, by intimidating them, you're not ever doing them any favors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, let's, take, let's, let's use a really common example. Uh, we all kind of worry about the welfare of our, of our mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something we think about all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yet, am I going to lock my children up uh, all day long in the house because I'm afraid that, um, you know, they might get hit by a car or get bit by a snake or or mm-hmm. whatever? I sure as hell want to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to. You know, part of me wants to lock them up, and, and and that way we can all be, you know, safe inside the house. But is it is it the right thing to do? Of course not. Of course not. I'm doing them more harm by locking them up. and, and in the name of keeping them safe, uh, than I am letting them out there uh, and being exposed to some of these things that that, that they're going to be exposed to one way or the other.
0: No, now, you know? now here, here's a different type of uh, intimidation, Justin. Uh-huh. Besides besides physically threatening you, uh, if I was in a relationship and you know me and uh, the girl was getting in an argument, uh, I could say something like, you know, you fat, ugly, whatever. Nobody's uh-huh. going to love you. Right. The, that name calling and reminding you how difficult it would be, you know, or the illusion thereof of finding right. someone else, is, it's like setting a hook in you. And if, yeah. you, let, oh, if yeah. you let those words have power over you, you know, they will control you if you buy into that logic. But uh, what you've got to remember is, is why is this guy trying to hang on to me so bad? If he if he's trying to plant hooks, why does he want me? I can't be that fat or ugly, you know. If he if he's willing to go through the trouble of being manipulative, uh, certainly someone else that wouldn't be manipulative would like me, you know. You got in a relationship yeah. in the first place. If yeah. you can get in one, you can get in another. But uh, those kind of and and people try to hold people down like that too. Uh, this isn't really so much as intimidation. This bleeds over. Into another big area where let's talk yeah. about empowerment. Okay,
1: a empowerment. Lot of show, yes. A lot yes. Of our well, show. well, we want to talk about how how to recognize this stuff. And, and and guys, you know, David and I are not are not experts at this. Um,
0: no. You know, these just are what just things we've that we've
1: seen. This mm-hmm. is just stuff we've seen and stuff we've experienced um, firsthand. None of this stuff is all inclusive. Um, just because somebody holds all the money doesn't make them an abuser. However, it's something to look at and something to to kind of ponder on and say, should I ask? But 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 now that we know how to see this stuff, let's talk. You, you, you're right, David. We need to talk about how how we can make a difference here, how we can change these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll let you start.
0: Okay, empowerment. Uh, with power comes the ability to to do whatever you want. Uh, your will is your power. Okay. So a lot of times in abusive situations, uh, to keep you powerless, what they're going to do is they're going to try to hold you down. They're going to try to uh, undermine anything that you have going for you. They're going to try, like the isolation he was talking about. They're cutting you off from your friends. That is power, okay? Because you draw strength from those resources. So I'm going to. They're going to. The 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 person is going to cut you off from. Your friends, all any any kind of link to any kind of power you got, they're going they're they're going to separate them, make them mad at you, or they're going to tell lies about you, try to try to make you look bad to them, to where they don't they don't like you anymore. And once they have you by yourself, okay, then they're going to start working on you in other ways, uh, or in the meantime they'll be doing all this other stuff. Um, I have one uh, one friend. They they are a couple. I shouldn't say one friend. I have two friends. They are a couple. And for the longest time, he did not want his wife to have a job or have a driver's license or go to school. Now, she wanted to do all these things. She was very sincere about the relationship. He was a little bit worried that she would uh, find somebody else. Okay, so eventually... Um, she talked him into letting her get driver's license and go to school and get a job and she's doing all this stuff and they're still together. Matter of fact, they're getting married. They're coming up getting married and I guess he has learned his lesson that she's she's not going anywhere. And right. I believe I believe their marriage kinda coincides that, that commitment that they've made to each other. I believe they're really doing that to, to solidify that bond and, and that's okay because they have been together for like eight years, you know. And, right. um, so he's really gotten out of it. I guess he would be a reformed abuser, but, but mm-hmm. back, uh, maybe like, you know, five, six years ago when I knowed him, he, he was not that, not that good of a guy, but, uh, he, he's kind of grown over time and, uh, he's let her do all these things, but there are a lot of other women out there who's, who's, uh, who cannot get a job, cannot, um, uh, Get a car, you know they they can't even get driver's license their, their husbands or boyfriends won't even let them get driver's license you know and uh, some of this is cultural stuff, I know I'm talking about countries overseas, and it's kind of different over there if the whole country's doing it, and even even the women themselves you know I don't want to get into all that that argument, but uh over here in the United States, women have just as much uh rights as men, okay. And when you're on when you're on American soul, that's the way it is, so you're used to it and um, they're they're holding their women down, they're not letting them get educated education knowledge is power okay the dumber i could, Well, that's what they're afraid of the dumber they can keep the other person, the less power they have you know
1: yeah
0: uh so what what other what other types of 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 ways of holding someone down is there besides besides education? The ability to to get a job, driver's license, that kind of stuff.
1: Well, all the things we t- we had talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, they all they all play a role. And as I said earlier in the first hour, you know, these uh, re-educating somebody, and, and, and again, guys, I'm sorry, I keep using this word, but I don't I don't want to I don't really know what what else to call it. Controlling somebody, maybe it's a better way to say it. Uh, it's a progression. You don't just snap your fingers and somebody follows you. That person has had to have gone through progressions, um, David. You know, uh, the breaking down, you know, causing, causing tragedy, and then and, and then being the hero at the same time, uh, really can can get somebody um, subservient to you, or or put them in a way that you can start manipulating or working them over until eventually mm-hmm. there is no way out because you are all they have, and and you are the best they can ever do. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about empowerment here. Mm-hmm. First, first and foremost, we all have these little weird gut feelings in our butt, in our bellies. Okay, that's your intuition telling you get the hell away from here. <laughs> something is not right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've walked down some dark alleys, man, where my gut just went crazy, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go the long way around because something bad is waiting for me in that alley. It's probably gonna jack me up. You know, um, listen to your Listen to your guts. Listen to your instincts. We all know what pain is. We all know what what uh, what it feels like to be hurt. And, and 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 when you see that coming, you may not see it consciously, but but something inside you is gonna gonna start ringing alarms. Okay. Uh, you know, listen to your instincts. If, if, if I couldn't say it any better than David said it earlier. If you have to ponder that somebody might be abusing you or abusing someone you love, that's probably a good indication that something might be happening if you have to ponder that okay uh, you know then then it's something might be amiss there um, you mm-hmm. know let's let's just say oh well it, it's again it's easy to say to get out of there but let me tell you something guys. Fifteen years ago, you know, we heard Lori's story, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. It was like that. It was almost impossible to get away because there weren't a whole lot of things in place to help you. But you can type in a search for domestic violence advocates or domestic violence shelters and guys there everywhere. And guess what? You don't need money. You don't need money. You don't need food. You just need to get there. And a lot of times, if you call them and tell them, I'm at a such-and-such such convenience store, they'll come pick you up and your children, okay, and, and they'll put you somewhere safe. Nowadays, David, a lot of the shelters have uh, guards, people there just to, just to keep the integrity of, uh, of the building a safe place, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Many people don't know this about me. I spent a lot of time in a battered women's shelter i You know, I serve some time in one of those places and and we're talking we're talking well over twenty five years ago. They were kind of bad back then, but I'm telling you guys nowadays they can help you, so it is a little easier to get away. All you have to do is take that first step you have to get to that point where you say, You know what this is not right. I don't care what he says or what she says i I gotta get out of here I got to get out of this, you know uh you know, David, it comes to a point where you've got you to kind of come to yourself and say, you know what, i got to take care of number one right now. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't take care of number one, number one is not going to be around to be taken care of. Or it's going to be taken care of in a way that you don't want to. Okay? It's a fact, guys. It's a fact that, that, that a lot of these uh, abuse issues end up in death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They end up in death. It's just a fact. It's just a, it's just a fact of it. Um, you know, they waited too long. Uh, you know, he's going to change, or she's going to change. Bullshit. Get away from these situations. They are not going to change. And even if they change, because I've seen them change, David. I've seen changes in these kind of people who, who did horrible things. However, they're not going to change with you. They're going to change later on in their life with somebody else. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you know, don't ever think you can fix them. Okay? Don't ever think that you can you can make it better or that that just because they haven't hit you uh, in, a, in a in a couple of years that it's okay. You need to get you need to get you need to get away from there because it can end up pretty bad. You know?
0: Okay. Okay, we're getting we're getting down uh, eight minutes till Justin. I'm gonna put you on the spot with a with a tough tough question here. You ready?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm always ready, man.
0: As a as a good person that I am, you know. I have friends. Uh what if I discover that uh one of my friends or one of my the spouse of one of my friends, somebody I know is in a abusive relationship. Uh what what should I do?
1: Well, it's kind of tough.
0: I mean, do I just call the cops and say, "Hey, it's, Got some stuff going on over there.
1: Well you can David but but do
0: I need to talk but, to the, the one that's being victimized? Or, well, or confront me being a guy, can I do I should I confront the guy that's actually doing it and be like, Hey buddy you know?
1: Well I can tell you what I've seen and how I've seen it go down. Okay. Um you know, a lot of people and I think even Lori alluded to it that that the cops and the laws don't really help victims. Well let me tell you why the cops have trouble helping you, because of the laws they're bound to, okay? The laws are not written very well because all of these situations, although they, they're similar in many ways, it all comes down to the individual situation, okay? Mm-hmm. All a policeman can do is, is and, and you know, thankfully for most states, David, it's a mandatory arrest. The victim mm-hmm. has no choice. The, the person's going to jail. Mm-hmm. But that only stops it for right now. That only stops it for a few hours until they bail out, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, then let's get the restraining orders. Those restraining orders are bogus. They're bogus. I don't care what anybody says. A piece of paper signed by a judge is not going to stop a bullet when somebody shoots it at you or when somebody takes a stick and tries to hit you with it or their belt or whatever. Mm -hmm. That paper is not going to stop anything, Okay. It's a fact that about sixty percent of of restraining orders are violated, usually within the first week that they're that they're given. Okay. So, and and again, all the police can do is come arrest a person; they're going to bail out. That's just a fact. Okay. So, Um,
0: so my only recourse is to to talk to the individual that's being victimized, and and
1: what we need to do is
0: see where they're at. What I
1: found that worked for me, David. What I found that worked for me. because i you know i think i'm a big tough guy i think that you know um i can help anybody the truth was if i got a female who 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 i'm I, i'm in now involved in this situation where uh i have come across this issue this female has been beaten on um and, and it's been going on for years and 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 she's been ran through the ringer you know she's had everything happen to her I'm the last damn person on earth she wants to talk to because guess what, I'm another man. I'm another yeah. person that yeah. could potentially be trying to hurt her, a user. Okay, it's the same with, you know, victims of sexual abuse, victims of rape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want it. You want to try to approach the person. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, from a from a perspective that 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 that, that they feel safe with. Right. Okay. Okay, so so you probably should have a female that you trust, talk to this person. The best thing to do, David, is just call a victim's advocate, get a hold of somebody who, who has the, the, the power to help them, because really, all we can do is all we can do is report. All we can do is try to convince them, but they may not want to hear it from us. You know um, Sometimes it's, it sounds weird, but sometimes it's best to bring a stranger into the mix and let them help these people through this. I don't, I don't advise anybody going out and attacking this guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He might pull a gun out and shoot you. You mm-hmm. know? If he can beat somebody or, or if she can beat somebody that they love, they sure as hell aren't going to have any problems beating on you or, we'll get, or, you know, dragging your family into it.
0: We're getting comments from the chat room saying to document this stuff. Uh, document yes get pictures and date write, write the stuff down what what happened on what date and get pictures of of that uh preferably the kind that's got the the date embedded onto the picture and uh and document this stuff because the more history you've got the 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 more your chances are gonna stand up in court that something uh something really uh you know it sticks whenever it it does go to court um
1: Right, right. And somebody brought up the the military separation thing. Uh, that that's one of the laws that were that were enacted to, to that, that really started getting the ball rolling for people to get help. Uh, I can't tell you, David, and for those of you listening, how many soldiers I put out of the army uh, that that were connected to my squad or platoon or whatever because they had a history of domestic violence. Guess what? You can now no longer uh, hold or operate a firearm. You're now useless to the United States Army. Get out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and many states now have, have enacted laws and, and provisions that you can't even buy a firearm, David, if you if you've been convicted of uh, certain domestic violence uh, things. You know, so you know they're trying to catch up. They really are. They're trying to make it better. Um, but but what it boils down to is is the best way for us to stop this, David, is early detection. Knowing what we're seeing, finding what we're seeing, and uh, documenting was a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, documenting was a very important one because the courts don't care about your story. They care about the facts, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the cops are the same way because the cops are bound by law. Cop, cops are bound by law. So early detection, knowing what you're looking at, get somebody in there to help you. Don't try to do it yourself. That's what I would say. So, um, a very good, very good conversation tonight. Something that needs to be, something that needs to be, uh, uh, you know, said. Something that out there. There you go. So any, any final, any, any final words, my friend?
0: No, I believe, I believe time's up, dude.
1: All right. Uh, catch us next week, everyone, Friday. Um, check the webpage, knifeawakening.com, for, for, uh, our upcoming shows, um, Get a sneak peek of some of our guests. Jump on the forum and, and, and uh, let us know what you think. Um, and, you know, we got some stuff that we're building and uh, we hope you enjoy it. We'll, we'll get that out to you as fast as we can. But uh, that's all we got. So thank everyone for listening. And until next time, awaken, unite within.